this episode of the full nerd geforce gtx 1650 9th gen intel coffee lake refresh and ryzen 3000 leaks still leaking <laughs> still leaking i like it I don't know if I believe it. We'll see. We can hope. Copy text. Welcome to the Full Nerd episode 92. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello. Mark Hoffman joins us today. I guess. And, of course, Adam Patrick Murray, controlling the vertical and horizontal. Uh, Mark, what is your take on Star Trek, the motion picture? Oh, oh God. God. Are we going <laughs> down that road? No. no, no I'm going to no. God to that part. I'm going to get angry. <laughs> well, and actually, I want to hear. You've asked it now. You've opened yeah. that door. Yeah. I. You know. What my take is? To the seal. You've opened that eighth seal. Not even the seventh seal. There's like one more. <laughs> I don't know if I even well, remember Star Trek. We're the seventh seal. Picture. We survived that. Let's open the next one, too. Yeah. You never seen it? I'm a Star Wars fan. Oh, okay. Star- that's I mean, fair. Star Trek good man. Was, yeah. Good man. Yeah. That's that's very good political response. Uh, I mean, a lot so, of, kind of. I don't know about I don't know. that. I really don't remember. I'm a Star Trek. Yeah. I'm a Star Wars fan. I will say <laughs> no. Come on. Motion picture was so bad, it almost killed Star Trek. I mean, you're talking about like 79 <laughs> episodes of minted money. <laughs> Motion picture was so bad. Uh, Ghostbusters 2. Minted money that they this. canceled. Look, Ghostbusters 2 almost killed Ghostbusters. They couldn't make Ghostbusters for like two decades, right? Really? Men in Black 2 was so bad. <laughs> Men in Black 3 didn't come out for like 15 years, right? They are just so lucky that like Motion Picture did not wipe out like... All of Star Trek. Have like, you se- have you seen the trailer for the new Men in Black? Because they're, no. they're rebooting it. Yeah, well, the one that released without s- music. That was a, oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, it actually looked. I thought, yeah, I yeah, looks, pretty good. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I'm, I'm not. It just seems the same old thing. It's yeah, just I'm it not really great. nothing really to like. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, well, we we have people in the chat who say that. Uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was DBNX. Uh, and Halstein Jenkins says, you had to be into the original series to enjoy the first motion picture. And I agree. Oh, I was true. into oh. the original series. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Star Trek nerd. And oh, my God. Vignesh says like, uh, Star Trek <laughs> motion picture wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, It's, it's a lot true. better than Star Wars episode one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know about Special that. Special effects, was, maybe. Yeah, that's how beloved Star Star Wars was. Episode one did not kill it. Yeah, I was listening to this podcast this morning, a sports podcast. I was thinking, are they going to talk about the Warriors and some sports, you know, actual stuff? Or are they going to talk about their vacations? We're talking about the vacations right now, folks. <laughs> uh, also, we had somebody in the chat uh, mention who was it? Patrick said uh, you did it in one take. the The intro is impressive. That's because I'm tired. I yeah. Think. Good job. Uh, you need to go on vacation more often. I yes, know. Yes, we're and refreshed. While yeah. you were on vacation, Brad and Gordon, we had some graphics cards uh, hit, huh? Yeah, yeah. Sure did. Yeah. That's actually what I was <laughs> rushing to write up until the last minute before I left on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. So you did or didn't do a formal review? I did not do a formal review and of why? the GeForce GTX 1650. Um, a card that came out last Tuesday. It's 150 bucks or 149 dollars according to Nvidia. Uh, 75 watt card theoretically could be powered by your motherboard. Uh, the reason I didn't do a formal review is because Nvidia took the unusual step of not providing early release press drivers. Which the way that graphics card review works, uh, you know, we get the cards early. 
<clears throat> NVIDIA or AMD sends early release press drivers over so we can actually, you know, test and benchmarks the cards. Uh, NVIDIA did not do that with the GTX 1650. Um, they said it was because they were releasing public drivers the same day that this card came out because that same day they added a bunch of uh, new G-Sync compatible monitors. They added the GTX 1660 Ti and 1650 for laptops. They were saying, we're just going to do one driver for the public that day. Um, I suspect it's probably because actually in reviews that have come out over the past week, I was on vacation. I have not had a chance to test it myself yet, but people like uh, Gamers Nexus, uh, Steve over at Hundware and Box, Chris Angelini at Tom's Hardware reviewed it. And uh, the Radeon RX 570, which is a two-year-old card and is wow. itself based on the RX 470, which is a year older than that, so a three-year-old GPU, uh, beats up on the GTX 1650 mm. for $20 cheaper. Huh. So. Yeah, we, we got a lot of people in the chat who <laughs> seem to be kind of angry at NVIDIA, yeah. uh, what? saying that this is, this is a, a BS release. I wouldn't call it a BS release. Um, I do think that if you already have a gaming PC... Or if you're a hardcore gamer, uh, you're going to want to go for the Radeon RX 570 over this. You can get four gigabyte versions starting at 130 bucks. You can get custom models or eight gigabyte versions at the same 150 bucks that the GTX 1650 costs. <coughs> but uh, that extra power takes extra power. Uh, the Radeon RX 570 requires a power connector. Yep. Um, the basic versions of the GTX 1650 does not. So if you just have a big box PC or an old office PC, you know, sitting around your home, you can buy one of these and slip it in and boom, it's a gaming PC. Um, NVIDIA has actually had a ton of success with the GTX 1050, 1050 Ti. And before that, uh, like the 750 Ti is incredibly popular for that very reason. They can just go into any existing computers. doesn't cost a lot of money. Um, so I don't think it's a wasted release. I don't think it's necessarily a bad release. I think it's clear that they prioritize the 75-watt nature of it over flat-out beating the Radeon RX 570. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it just opens up a wider path for upgrades. For I mean, really, there are a lot of office throwaway yeah, drag really sandy bridge boxes mm-hmm. that got thrown out that mm-hmm. easily drop one of these in and, and you get... You know, yeah, fa- good stuff. Well, what kind of gaming performance can you expect out of it, though? I mean, this is 1650. It seems all right. I think you'd be able to get, you know, medium with some high settings, looking at some of the reviews I've seen. Getting pretty decent frame rates. No, 1080. medium. Yeah, that's what I would expect to shoot for at this, looking at some of the other reviews I've seen. Like I said, Gamers Nexus has a great one, Hardware and Box, Tom's Hardware. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. No I mean, RTX. if you already have a gaming PC, yeah, no RTX. Uh, another thing that's interesting that wasn't immediately clear because... I wrote this up last Friday before I went on vacation. I didn't have the reviewer's guide. I'm not sure if it was made clear in the reviewer's guide. But uh, the GTX 1650 actually uses the older Volta encoder. encoder. Ooh, I'm just back from vacation. Hmm. The older Volta encoder for video processing uh, instead of the newer Turing one. Mm-hmm. So if you were looking to use this as like drop-in, uh, like a dedicated streaming GPU in a PC... Uh, it uses an older, less efficient video encoder too, so it's kind of a weird release. Hmm. That's really odd. It's but it's actually a Turing Core. Yeah, it's full. It's Turing Core. It has all the new, you know, the two different pipelines split out. It doesn't have RTX, as Mark mentioned. Uh, it has four gigabytes of memory, so that's a big plus because 
the uh, previously NVIDIA had released uh, the GTX 16, uh, yeah, 1063 gigabyte, and the three gigabyte killed it. Uh, the 1050, the previous one, had two gigabytes of memory, which that's not really usable for 1080p gaming these days. So it's good that it has four gigabytes of memory. But unless you're looking to slip into a PC that's not already a gaming PC, you should probably go for the Radeon card. Well, that's my question, too. So how many PCs out there are going to be just retrofitted with these things? I mean, it seems like most people that buy it, that are design, that are trying to build a gaming PC will build a gaming PC, and they don't really necessarily have a whole lot of you know, pre-built hardware sort of lying around this would fit into. Or am I wrong? Uh, I think it kind of it goes into what Brad was saying that it's you know somebody like IT departments they take these things they throw them in the e waste bin yeah I guess so. you grab a couple you bring them home you give them to friends they go out and buy a you know a a, 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 a sixteen fifty something that doesn't require power but I, if, I, if you go and you look in the Steam survey yeah the seven fifty Ti and the ten fifty are actually more prevalent than you would expect. Hmm. So I'm not sure if it has to do with cost. I'm not has, sure if it has to do with the 75 watts. But, I mean, NVIDIA knew. I mean, the Radeon RX 570 has been out for two years. Yeah. NVIDIA knew this card <laughs> wouldn't beat it. To me, that means they're clearly prioritizing the 75-watt nature of it. Mm. So they feel it's important would be my guess. Yeah, and I imagine there's yeah. probably there's a segment that they don't really they're not going to know what a RX 570 or whatever. No, is. they just kind of right. like the, it's the kind of buyer that's going to go to their box store and buy a box or whatever for a cost. They're not going to think yeah. what's faster. Mm-hmm. They're not going to even research it. Probably they're just going to like. Um, although you know, even a lot of business boxes, my POS work box here has it actually has a six pin connector. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's pretty rare to get even a, a it's a quick and dirty upgrade. That's for sure. But it is yeah, it's handy. Yeah. Huh? It's, it's kind of like. I think- eh. Kind of I do think part. it's kind of a bummer. I'm kind of miffed at NVIDIA for not releasing drivers for these beforehand. Yeah. I mean, that should always be a red flag that NVIDIA is like, hey, we're not doing reviews of these. You can't. <laughs> you can get the cards from your partners, from the board partners. They said, go ask EVGA, go ask Asus, go ask whoever. <laughs> uh, but they wouldn't give you the drivers until launch day. So I'm always a big fan of transparency when we're talking about buying, mm-hmm. you know, pricey hardware. And 150 bucks might be cheap to some people, but to a lot of people, that's you know a summer worth of mowing grass. Yeah. So I would have. Mm-hmm. I don't like Nvidia not released, not making day one reviews available. I think people like Steve at Hardware and Box and other Steve at Gamers Nexus deserve a lot of credit because they had reviews up within 24 hours of this card coming out so that people were able to realize what they were and weren't getting. Um, I also will not be surprised if there's a GTX 1650 Ti released mm-hmm. at some point, because there's a massive gap between the 150 bucks that this is, 75 watts, and the $220 GTX 1660. And there's a big gap in CUDA cores there, too. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a GTX 1650 Ti come out at some point, and it's a lot more competitive because that card won't have to worry about sticking the 75 watts. So could they do the Ti without the power connector? Um, I mean they could, but I don't think they would with this card existing like this. Um, again, I haven't reviewed any cards yet, but I'd be awful skeptical about the idea of buying some of the overclocked aftermarket versions of this card because those tend to require the extra power connector so if you're going to buy a card that needs a power connector anyway i would based off the reviews i've read recommend the radeon 
Yeah, that's what Vior said. He said the most of the reviewers had six pin versions. Uh, oh, yeah. even though they were pushing the whole seventy five oh, watt thing. So, well, the thing is, Nvidia was pushing the seventy five watt thing because that's you know the key to Nvidia. Yeah, it's only but for board partners like EVJ and ASUS, they hate or ASUS. I just use those. I'm just random. Zotac, MSI, Gigabyte, all of them. They hate losing in benchmark comparisons, so they will pretty much always send you the most expensive powerful version of a card that you can test mm-hmm. so i'm not surprised to see all these six pin reviews even though the lack of a six pin power connector is this card's true selling point hmm. that, that kind of says something about i, I don't know if the, if the hardware community just can't wrap their brains around that because the, and that is a really strong point to not require a power connector is a, is a big selling point mm. but yeah all the board vendors know if they get beat up against a, a 570 they're not going to send it out, so then it pushes people to buy these cards that they really shouldn't be buying anyway. It's really weird. I, I, it's funny because it's like the opposite to me. Like uh, they sent out these cards with these power connectors, and they get whomped by the Radeon RX five seventy. It's like, well, they both have power connectors. This card's just getting whomped. But if you had sent one out that doesn't require the power connector, you'd be like, oh, it's a little bit behind, but you can just slip it right in. So I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Is it so? How does it stack up against a 1050? Because I, I mean, I, I always thought the 1050 was pretty underpowered at this point. It's been underpowered for this, a while. This, I mean, it should be a, a pretty. If you have the option to get this or a 1050, get this. Uh, it it's, looks like a pretty decent jump ahead. Uh, I, I didn't test it myself. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I think it's like 20, 20, 30 percent, just like it has been some of the other ones, mm. uh, some of the other GTX newer iterations. So, you know, it's a decent upgrade. I mean, it's been a few years since the 1050 came out. So this is, you know, keeping up with the Joneses or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 150. That's right on the cusp of your next, the next, then the next bump up is 200 bucks, you think? Yeah. To a 1660? Mm-hmm. It's 1660 is out, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's 220, 220, 1660, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends, actually, on what you got, because you can find Radeon RX 580s awfully cheap these days. Like, you can find a RX 580 overclocked, customized, all the fans, blinged out RGB on sale for, like, 170 or 180 bucks. Mm. I mean, it is going to be a little bit slower than a 220 to $250 GTX 1660, but you're saving 50-plus dollars, so... Well, there's actually a lot of really good choices then. Yeah. Right. Although yeah. it is amazing to think that RX 580, which is a 480 <laughs> from, yeah, from 2014 yeah. or two, fi- fi- what, 2015. I mean, that's an ancient card at it this is. point. It's, and it's still like something like that. Yeah. It's still seeing service, but at that low end, I <laughs> guess it makes sense. Yep. 1080p gaming. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Which sounds like, yeah, yeah. Nice. If you got a junky old box worth, worth a, worth a shot. Yeah. Or if you buy it, building a cheap new box and you don't want to spend a lot of money on a fancy power supply you want to get the gordon special the case with the integrated power supply <laughs> even with the gordon special yeah. power like who knows gordon how much power special. puts out you get a six pin power connector mm-hmm. you can run a five eight or five seven <laughs> sure. it will be interesting to see if this is a niche or this is something they try to push in the future but it seems niche for right now I guess, yeah right? but you know that brad's right yeah. they've done this for a long time because yeah. those 750s mm-hmm. uh, they're like just tiny it looked like a pentium 3 right it just, <laughs> like it looked like a literally a pentium 3 the cooler was like this big you could put them in any you know pos box in the world and yeah. you'd, you'd have real graphics and it wasn't it wasn't a bad part you know it was actually like it's a i thought it, there are a lot of people like they can't afford a new power supply they mm-hmm. can't afford a new machine and a lot of those old machines get tossed out so mm-hmm. 
Something that's kind of, you know, auxiliary to this, not directly related to the 1650, is uh, the day that these came out, there was a driver, obviously, that came out to support this, uh, along with some new games like World War Z and whatnot. And a lot of people were reporting that it was, like, eating up, like, weird amounts of CPU usage, like, taking 10 or 20% of your CPU usage. Uh, NVIDIA just released a hotfix for that yesterday evening. So if you have the latest NVIDIA drivers and you've been noticing that's eating your CPU... Go download that hotfix. Hmm. Well, that's a bummer. Hmm. That is. Good, good, good PSA there, Brad. Yeah, boom, man of the people. Uh, yeah. You know, you know what else came out while uh, you guys were on vacation? What or not came out, but got announced? I don't. I didn't read the internet much while I was on vacation. <laughs> oh, okay. I had no good. internet <laughs> on vacation. Yeah, there was good. none. You're down in the bowels of the earth. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Mark was able to write up about it. It was a busy week for Intel. Yeah. yeah. So, Intel announced a couple of, uh, they announced desktop Core i9s and mobile Core i9s. And, you know, I think it's, for one thing, it's nice to be able to talk about, finally, uh, ninth-generation products as opposed to just living in the eighth generation for the last, you know, mm. five years. I'm not really sure exactly if they really just delineated what makes a ninth-generation part versus an eighth-generation part as far as, you know. <laughs> but... Oh, wait. Actually, I, I got a memo while you were um, you talking. Yeah. The difference between an a eighth-gen Intel part and an uh, Intel ninth-gen part is one. So it's uh, one more well, there we go. It's plus one. That makes it easy. So we had six uh, six new ninth gen mobile H series core processors announced last week. Uh, copy like refresh. Um, I mean the nice. I mean so briefly, it's ninety eight ninety nine H eighty H K, which is two point four gigahertz base, five gigahertz turbo, eight cores, sixteen threads, all the way down to the ninety three hundred H, which is two point four gigahertz. 4.1 turbo with four cores and eight threads. We didn't have prices because they're, of course, being shipped to notebook vendors, at least at that time. Um, and, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. We also had, um, you know, Intel's uh, announcement of their earnings last week, too. And I think it's kind of worth talking about just in the same context because of the fact that Intel really is doing quite well in the notebook space. It's doing less well in the desktop space. But, I mean, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the desktop stuff in a second. But, you know, here, 9980HK, unlocked part, uh, hyper-threading. Nope, oh, thanks, sorry. <clears throat> hyper-threading. Um, you know, the, the company is doing extremely well in notebooks. Um, I think that, really, they're firing on all cylinders here. It certainly seems like it. Um, you know, you've got support for... Uh, you know, H10 Optane memory, Wi-Fi 6, 128 gigs of DDR4. Um, I thought this was a fairly impressive launch. Yeah, I, yeah. And, you know, and actually, I broke it down. Uh, I, I sat down. Uh, I haven't run the story yet, but it's going to be running very soon. I, break, mm-hmm. I broke down the difference between the uh, 8th and ninth gen mm. parts. Uh, Are these the slides you're talking about? Yeah, there's actually one we could show, the one that just shows the difference, uh, ninth gen versus 8th gen versus... Which which, which one is that? Two. It's the the shorter one. There's only two. Okay. Uh, then two here it goes on your screen right now. There we go. So this is this is very interesting. Um, yeah, just look at your shoulder. First, I want to talk about 8th gen parts. They were awesome, which is crazy, because in the bottom of the chart you're seeing here, you can see... That across the board, you got really big uh, boost clocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like the 8750H, which is, I mean, I felt like that was in like 90% of gaming laptops versus the 7700HQ. Yep. Mm-hmm. 70, I mean, 
7700 HQ was a decent part when it came out, but I mean, the 8750H just kicked its butt. Damn. 27%, 27%. higher, you know, turbo boost clocks, uh, and you got two more cores, four right. more threads. Yep. It was just all, and just up and down, you know, everywhere until basically give you just all kinds of, the 8th gen parts just knocking out of the ballpark. Ninth gen parts, I five. Core first Core i seven is like yeah it's sort of like back to what we got before where mm-hmm. you got like you know ten percent like KB to sky whatever you got like eight nine percent whatever um, and then i five is like yeah look at that you get nothing actually interestingly so eighth huh. and ninth gen i five parts the ninety three hundred H versus eighty three hundred it's like a hundred megahertz <laughs> but you know I understand because Intel's like well 4%. you know, you didn't pay for it anyway right so the big difference of course is up on top. Where you're getting a crap load more clocks you are. and mm-hmm. two more cores, eight cores. Right. Those core i nine. These core i nines are actually real core i nines. Whereas the previous core i nine was, you know, we give you decently better turbos. Yeah. If for a little short while, but for the most part, it's like everybody said, get the eighty eight fifty eight or the eighty seven fifty eight. Remember, they were they were still six cores, right? They were all six yeah, cores, right? All yeah. those eight, yeah. all those eighth gen parts were. But this, those the core i nines are just. Just awesomeness. They are. Yeah. I mean, I think just based on what I've seen, it'll be interesting to see what the effect of that thermal velocity boost is because that's how you get that uh, 5.0 gigahertz turbo. Because that's the yeah. that's that weird thing where you have sort of the turbo boost plus this sort of opportunistic yeah. boost, whatever that means. Uh, I guess it has to do opportunistically. With- you're living in Alaska. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, exactly. <laughs> if you have the proper cooling, then it'll boost up there. But it's not sure how long that is. So um, I live in New Hampshire. Yeah, you'll probably get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one thing I do want to point out is I think I think a lot of people get scared by the base clock differences. You're gonna get you're gonna get that you're gonna get the haters saying, "Well, look, yeah, we're looking at a, you lose you lose the 9880H versus the 8950 HK. Yeah, two more cores, but that base clock is 600 megahertz lower, 26 percent lower clocks on the base. I don't think that's as big a deal because. Um, I know a lot of people freak out over Intel base clocks, but I rarely ever saw any Intel 8th gen part ever hit base clock. Base clock is like, you're in Death Valley, it's 120 degrees outside, and you've got the AC on, and the stereos, and all the lights on. Yeah, it's going to fall back. But most of the time, in most laptops, if they built it right, it's yeah. never going to get down a base clock. Right, yeah. It rarely nice. ever does. So I think that is sort of in there, sort of like, yeah, this is how bad it could get, but generally... If the workload's there, then the clock's up. Yeah, it's going to generally be higher clocks, and if you are looking at a, a workload that is only six threads on a on a previous eighth uh, gen Core mm-hmm. i nine, well, you're not. You've basically got two idle cores on the on the new eight, eight core part. So I, I think it all. May, I think it all is going to wa- come out in the wash in the end. So yeah, I don't think do. that's a big deal. Yeah, I don't <clears throat> now. Should we go to the desktop? Yes. Now, the desktop's a little bit more interesting, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Is the other slide? It is. No. No. <laughs> no? Oh. All right. So, previously, we've had Intel announce their, their desk, the previous sort of their top-of-the-line X-series um, core chips, and now we've had sort of the more mainstream stuff. Uh, and the key here is that the majority of these things do not include hyper-threading. Now, all of a sudden, it's fine for notebooks, but it's not fine for desktops. I'm not sure exactly why that is, but we've got everything from the Core i9 9900, which does have hyper-threading, 3.1 gigahertz up to 5 gigahertz again, 8 cores, 16 threads, but the majority 
is all eight cores, eight threads, from the Core i7 9700 down to the Core i3 9100F. You've got these uh, these products here without integrated graphics, like the uh, the uh, uh, 95, the 9600, the 90, oh, sorry, the 9500F. Um, and then you go down to the more interesting, I think, the T-series parts. Uh, and Intel announced seven oh. of those. And the T-series are just simply 35-watt parts, but I think those are, you know, just from that... For all-in-ones. Yeah, yeah, from all-in-ones, from a nice power standpoint. But, again, only one product is actually hyper-threaded. That's the, 99, the Core i9 9900T. I don't know why you'd want a Core i9 9900T all-in-one, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> well, I, I can you? tell you that yeah. the T parts and a lot of those other um, 9 gen parts, they're opportunistic. I suppose, yeah. They do. Uh, it's it's called opportunistic consumer sees 9th gen Intel part mm-hmm. right on their the $400 yep. Costco box. But again, lots of uh, 8 core, 8 threads, 9700T, 6 core, 6 threads, the core i5s, the 9500T all the way down. And then, of course, you've got, if you want to buy them, the Pentium Golds, which back to hyper threading, they actually have them again. And then you go down <laughs> to the Celerons, which are basically, I would associate that with the Surface Go. Um, that's just basically a Surface Go product or something of that sort. Um, you know, these are products you probably wouldn't buy if you're in so. Studio. So if you want hyper threading, you have to buy a Pentium or you have to buy a Core i. Yeah, right. You just really it's it just refer it just basically it's a premium. It's all of a sudden hyper threading is a premium feature now again. And I would love to see some benchmarks comparing eight core, sixteen thread parts and eight core, eight thread parts and all sorts of. I mean, there's just a. The company that invented hyperthreading now has decided that hyperthreading is now just a premium feature. I mean, four years ago they had the uh, Haswell E product. It was an extreme edition processor, eight, eight cores, sixteen threads, charged a buttload of money for it, and everyone suddenly was like, "Yes, hyperthreading!" And now it's just like, uh, what? They don't yeah, care. I, There's not a whole lot of explanation. For the it, desktop parts, in I will point. This is the part I was teasing earlier. I was on the briefing for these parts, the mobile parts and the desktop parts. And it, was, it was mobile, 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 mobile. And like, hey, we got some desktop parts too. Exactly. And that, <laughs> it was crazy because... Just kind of <laughs> threw them out there. It's like, yep. hey, here it goes. Click, click, click. Okay, any questions? Hey, right. wait, wait. We didn't see what the... Can you go back to those? Oh, no. We'll send them to you later. Yeah. Just to be more specific, <laughs> there were like four slides of processor speeds and feeds, and they went through them in about, what, 15 seconds, if that? No. It was... So luckily, I was taking a screen grab of it. Yeah. For another thing, and I often like I uh, just I don't know what it's like. I take pictures, right? I'll print take fifteen anyway. Yeah, right. And I was hitting the print screen button, and this and the pictures literally went slide one, slide two, slide three. <laughs> and then later on, I was like, "Hey, Mark, you need to copy those slides." Like, no, no, I, I got it. I said, "Yeah, there's three of them, right?" Yeah, and you're like, they're... "You're like what?" I I there's only there one. <laughs> and everybody was like, "What? Can you show those?" So I didn't. I didn't see that. I didn't catch those desktop parts. Oh, any questions about our mobile parts? It was smart PR. Nobody asked about hyperthreading. Everyone just wanted the speeds and feeds. No, I mean, I, I, I gotta say, I mean, because I didn't pay too close attention to those desktop parts because I knew they didn't. Just like the, just like the Nvidia launch day drivers, yeah. there were none, right? Right. They didn't want to talk about it. When things are not looking good, you don't like, hey, let's let's concentrate on this one PowerPoint slide so you can see how. But this to me seems really odd considering that. Where AMD is, oh, and where AMD that's is exactly coming. right. Yeah, like it's almost like these parts are almost launched like in a vacuum of like I don't know, like it's 2014 or yeah. something like that. Isn't that isn't that usually how they do it though? No, is that they kind of you know ignore what AMD's doing. I'm and not just really stay sure. The cores. In this case, you can't ignore what AMD is doing. I mean, AMD is going to be touting those cores like crazy. I mean, they're just going to be just that's going to they're going to bang that drum like crazy. I not, that's uh, I'm sure more cores have been their roadmap forever, but I think sure. if Ryzen didn't come along, we wouldn't have six core i5s and eight core no, core no, i7s. No. 
no, that's true. Out. You're right. Yep. I <laughs> just, I just don't understand. It, it feels like this launch for d- the desktop parts. The mobile parts, I, I think, are you know awesome because yeah. essentially. AMD does not exist in mobile right now. Right, exactly. I mean, we've seen more Snapdragon laptops in the last. We have AMD. <laughs> yeah, that that, that's, that's not even, not even yeah. kidding. That's not even that's not even made up. That's true. Yeah, I, I just these these desktop parts are like. Do you not see, you know, I, and, you know, Intel's can see that train coming down the track, right? Yeah, but I don't sure even, can. is it because they just got to launch something to get out there? And Well, I'm, I don't know. I mean, um, I, I suppose there's a number of different theories. Um, I mean, we haven't even talked yet about the sort of this tweakers roadmap leak that sort of came out last week, too, where all of a sudden, you know, there's a lot of 14 nanometer parts on the roadmap as opposed to just a few 10 meter ice lake stuff that's. The, at least the roadmap showed it in limited quantities. Um, so, you want to talk about that, Mark? Because I'm, I'm, yeah, that's fine. Uh, well, let's, was, let's, let's, let's just finish up this oh, yeah. the thing first. I was just gonna, we can segue to that. But I mean, I mean, I guess the question, the question is more from an ex, the, the question is more in my mind more an experimental question because again, we always talk about are those games, are those applications sucking up the additional threads? And you know, over time, that's certainly true, but. You know, Intel had the opportunity to make the case that said, hey, look, you know, we have a number of mainstream applications and they're simply testing and taxing the, the, the main core, the single core. We think single core performance is more important. And that's why we're emphasizing the boost and the turbo and the sort of this opportunistic boost and so forth. They could have said that. They didn't. They didn't say that, um, which leaves the door open for AMD to say, hey, look, you know, core is the future. More core is the future. Um, let's run Cinebench <laughs> against <laughs> Intel's best and just blow it away. And that's going to be the headline from probably Computex, I imagine. I, so, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, yeah. But, you know, yeah, realistically, uh, it, it is very hard to, to tell people this, but, I mean, and people don't accept it. Uh, 900K, it's an awesome part. It is. Absolutely. It's only got eight cores, whatever, compared to what, but it, it's, the thing runs at just stupidly high clocks all the time. Sure. Yeah, it's actually not that less more less expensive than say a sixteen core Threadripper, but consumers don't need Threadrippers. I love cores, I, but I, the average person does not need sixteen cores, and they're not better served by getting sixteen cores at a lower clock, right? <clears throat> versus having, you know, eight cores at five gigahertz. I find it interesting how and kind of yes, interesting is a good word. Uh, how they seem to be, both Intel and AMD, going in two different directions really and open are. up more processor That's choice. Right. Yep. Like Mark was saying there, Intel's doubling down on, yeah, you know, we're still charging what we were, we're getting rid of hyper-threading, but those eight cores that you get are going to be the eight best freaking high-speed cores that you're going to get. Yep. Whereas AMD's, we'll give you eight cores, it'll be a little bit slower, but they'll hyper-thread, so you actually get 16 threads or whatever. And it sounds like possibly even more than that with Ryzen 3rd Gen. So it's just going to be, you know, I like the idea of choice, it's but Intel's doing interesting things with this lineup. No, I think I think a lot of it has to do with not wanting to cannibalize the on parts. No, there's a real stratification going. I mean, we've always had power, price, and performance as being the sort of the three Ps, and then power has been, you know, sort of Qualcomm's push, and I think the, sort of the one watt panels is diminishing that a little bit and so forth. But yeah, I mean, in, in the performance space, we haven't we've traditionally associated that with simply just clock speeds, and now we're seeing clock speeds and cores. And really, we're also seeing, uh, I would say, just a increased you know dominance by Intel in the notebook space, but a real threat to Intel in the desktop space. I mean, you know, if you look at Mercury Research's numbers, I mean, AMD has gained significant share in both desktop and mobile over the past you know couple of quarters, and 
I, <laughs> well, when you go from selling zero notebooks, no, to I know, things. but I mean, yeah, it's like single digits and double digits, right? I mean, that's true, but I mean, you know, an Intel certainly outs- outsells them like what four to one or something of that sort. Sure. But I mean, really, that's you know, to get Brad's point, you know, again, we're seeing a little bit more choice, and and as you give momentum to AMD and get more momentum behind that platform, then they continue to drive forward. I mean, AMD it continues to be profitable and profitable means you know processor development now um again they lost keller to to intel i mean that's a big loss but um you know, we'll talk a little bit more about the Ryzen stuff. Apparently, the Ryzen 3000 stuff looks looks decent. So. But, I mean, at the same time, Intel, you, like you said, they had earnings. They had earnings. Are they are they horrible? They were not good. Flat, I mean, re- flat revenue, profits were okay, but their forecasts kind of is a, not great. Forecast. I mean, their forecast, their revenue forecast. Um, but I'm just wondering, because, I mean, it's been an awesome two-year run for Ryzen so far. Yeah. Has that, uh, you know, Ryzen has mostly encroached into desktop. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, their server success is still coming. Mobile is still non-existent for the most part. But has that hurt? Did that did that show up in the Intel well, the previous thing about, numbers? The interesting thing, thing about their Intel numbers, actually, was that, you know, Intel is supposedly pivoting away from the PC to become this data center company with Xeon. Xeon did not do well. PC, the PC side of things, CCG, basically killed them up. And which is which is weird because that's not the way it's supposed to go, but it did go that way. Oh, it always goes. Yeah, that it way. always goes that way. Right? It always so, goes that so, way. So yeah, um, in yeah, that's true. Actually, Microsoft had earnings and Windows was the strongest division as well. Um, oh wait, Mark, are you saying the PC? Is, I know it's weird. Is, yep. is going to do is uh, is is PC not going to go away. Go, yeah, PC is not going away. I'm so, really sometimes yeah. just sick of these companies. I just always trying to like get away from us, well, PC. Yeah, and then you know all their money is from it's like HP Enterprise and HP clients these days right right. enterprise not so great yeah actually hp laptops awesomeness so i mean and then we can talk about a little bit about too i mean what uh tweakers came out with yeah so what's up there i i I actually have the slide uh somebody pointed it out uh peter okay thank you peter Uh, so i'm gonna throw that up right now that's fine Uh, it's the intel desktop client cpu planning roadmap yeah um up to 2020. Yeah, I'm actually having some problems loading that up. Basically, what it boils down to was the fact that uh, we're seeing a lot of 14 nanometer parts through the uh, most of next year. We're seeing Ice Lake appear. So first of all, Intel said also, too, that Ice Lake is on track. They're going to have more parts than they expected in the holiday season, whatever that means, if it's three to four or whatever it might be. <laughs> you never know what that means, right? Um, but they still, at least these, these, these roadmaps, which, you know, I was told by people who had seen roadmaps that, yes, they were pretty accurate, but I don't know if that means, you know, if they were accurate up to date. Which one's Ice Lake again? Mark? Ice Lake is the 10 nanometer part. Okay, 10 yes. nanometer right. that's launched on schedule for this year, right? Supposedly it's going to be out by the holiday season. Okay. But yeah, I mean, if you look at this, like you can see, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of 14 nanometer stuff there, especially both in, and if you open the, the mobile one as well, uh, but in the desktop, it's, 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 you're looking at Comet Lake, which is, you know, uh, Coffee Lake and Comet Lake. Uh, Comet Lake supposedly is going to be, I mean, possibly expected copy text. I mean, with sort of, you know, shipping near the end of, uh, near the end of the year. Um, but again, uh, a lot, uh, a very, f- dry i would say desktop roadmap going forward i mean nothing that's there's no actual me. lake with the lakes nothing here. that really <laughs> excites me too much and in the mobile space it's it's still a lot of uh, 14 nanometer stuff as well so i don't really know if people necessarily care whether it's 10 nanometer or 14 nanometer but i mean it does affect things like pricing uh uh you know uh chips or uh, core size and so forth um thanks yeah my 
our our in-house Wi-Fi sucks. Um, <laughs> but yes, I mean, uh, oops. Oh, wait, that's, that's XPS. Yeah, that's Somebody XPS. at Dell got in trouble. This yeah, I know. Makes... Well, it's funny because I, I'm sure like everyone else, you know, we have a couple of contacts on, you know, sort of official and non-official and. I, uh, I, I was, I complete struck out as far as getting in touch with, uh, anyone at Dell to, to comment, uh, which leads me to believe that maybe the thing did actually come from Dell. So yeah, if you look at, <laughs> if you look at, you know, if, if we look at going forward again, we're seeing Comet Lake, we're seeing Cascade Lake, Coffee Lake. And what uh, are the, so, these uh, are just new processors. they're all 14s. Yeah, they're all basically. 14 nanometers. I mean, we're going out Ooh. to 10 core Comet Lake S products, uh, near the, uh, sort of the end of the year. Um, and you're getting into, you know, again, sort of just, just, oh, it's, that's a desktop stuff too. So yeah, still yeah. desktop. Yeah, I did not right. find the, uh, oh, actual, sorry, the mobile stuff. but I'm, I mean, not, I'm not surprised by all this. Yeah. One, I'm just going to point out again that Don't when it comes it. to making paper bets, uh, I predicted that there will be no, <laughs> no volume shipments of desktop 10 nanometer parts sure. this year. Yeah, well, that wasn't uh, too hard. But, I didn't even that, I didn't but, uh, agree with that. If, if you look, like, this is Mark brings a good point. It is insightful to pay attention to, like, financials and stuff like that. Because during this whole 10 nanometer, the issues with getting it out, right? Intel has actually changed some plans around to make, like, 10 nanometer facilities that were supposed to be to mm-hmm. do more 14 nanometer parts. Now. That's right. Yep. So, I mean, they have all these facilities set up to make 14 nanometer parts. 14 nanometer parts have been refined for, I don't even know how many pluses are behind them at this point. Plus, 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 three. plus. Yeah. So, I mean, they're pretty refined and on the desktop, at least they're probably going to hit much higher speeds and give you more performance. And I would expect the first iteration of 10 nanometer parts to do. So I'm not completely shocked to see that they're going to stick with it, at least for another year or two, if these leaks are accurate. Yeah, but we're really on the ragged edge of 14 nanometer at this point. I mean, we're just... Oh, yeah. I mean, we keep saying they're running out of gas, but we're just seeing it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually... I'm mega that the they road. called the Ice Lake. Ice Lake, the 10 nanometer parts. I'm bummed that they called it that. Because I was real excited to get away from the lakes finally. Because these lakes <laughs> have been off the 14 nanometer parts. <laughs> Yeah, well, I can certainly understand that. I mean, it's uh, I'm just trying to bring up the the, the, the mobile CPU planning room right I've, now. I've got the mobile one here. Oh, great, thank you. Um, yeah, so we're basically seeing we're seeing Tiger Lake, we're seeing Rocket Lake, Rocket Lake U is the new one coming out uh, supposedly next. Skyhawk year. Lake, Skyhawk Lake, yeah, on the on the small. Well, those are the ten nanometer parts. Not necessarily, no. Um, still a lot of fourteen nanometer oh. stuff. Yep. So we've got. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> so yeah, we've got. Uh, Tiger Lake is net four, net four cores, ten nanometers, according to this this ro- leaked roadmap. Uh, you've got Comet Lake, which is two core, f- two two to four cores, also fourteen nanometer. Rocket Lake is the interesting one because it's a four core slash six core part in fourteen nanometer, but supposedly ten nanometer graphics. So I guess the chiplet model. Uh, coming out in Q3 of 2020. Huh. So that would be the XE, I guess, implementation. Sort of, an, I guess, an APU. I'm not sure. Well, that's a certain. U. It's a U part. These yeah. are all U. That's a U. A U Target Lake is a Y part, so mm-hmm. low power. Yeah, lower power. Yeah, so you've got the U series, the 15 and 28 watts. <laughs> and then the top, still, you're seeing Copy Lake, stand stuff, same stuff, and Comet Lake. Uh, Eight core slash ten core, fourteen nanometer Q two two thousand twenty. So, Tank, yeah, the lots co- those of H parts, lots go of stuff 10. going on in the notebook space, but all fourteens. Yep, but a lot of it fourteens. That's right. Wow. So yeah, I mean, it, you know, AMD is going to be moving along. 
That, yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting, right? I mean, those are they're still upping the core counts because you're getting you're gonna right now we've got uh, you know four four cores in the U parts. Yep, you go up to six. Each goes from eight to ten, supposedly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, process technology is a little bit of a marketing scheme too. I mean, we yeah, get, yeah, but we still, know but you know, still the numbers. Some of the numbers don't lie anyway. No, yeah, AMD this, is pushing ahead, and Intel's that's struggling. That is that just like ooh. if these are if these are real that, these are that real. does not look good. Yeah, if these are real. Right. Yep. But I mean, there's been a lot of lot. It's been a very choppy choppy week for Intel. I mean, with the uh, the launch and the earnings, and now this. I mean, it's it's going to be an interesting year. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of wonder when that. I mean, it seems like they got to get ten nanometer out to save them at this point. Yeah. I mean, at GDC, I was hearing some. You know. You were probably wandering around too. I, w- I was hearing some Intel folks grumbling about like things don't looking good in desktop, but you know. Yeah, you know, I I think we I, I've said this for a while, but Intel doesn't care that much no, about desktop. Probably not. I mean, they still, do. They they no. have a lot of pride. Believe me, there's a lot of pride at Intel. But you know what? If <laughs> if there's one area you're going to lose between servers, laptops, and desktops, they can they can lose. They can if they're. I think Intel's thought is like. Their perspective will be, yeah, we'll lose desktop now, but we'll see in two years. Right? Yeah. So, but there's hell no, are they going to give up on laptops and no, servers? That's no, that's no, where the no. money is for but them. But Epic is also supposed. I mean, we don't talk about Epic, but Epic is actually doing really well too in the, in the service yeah. space, and that's yeah, I mean, it's, space as well. And I, I do, I agree, but I, I just think that I just think from the Intel's perspective, if someone gets pushed off the life raft first, it's going to be desktop. <laughs> I mean, it always has been because, you know, it's just like, like you said, they don't want to be associated with a PC and nothing says PC more than a desktop, yeah, right? Yeah, good point. That's the most thing. Yeah, that, that's true. And, of course, the PC is always the thing that comes back mm-hmm. to save everybody all mm-hmm. the time. That's true. That's true. Everybody's superhero. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, but the good news is uh, Intel so has an advantage because AMD doesn't have clock speeds, right? Because... Intel still has higher clock speeds. Maybe, yep. maybe, maybe if maybe, maybe if uh, if AMD had a, a part that could <laughs> run at higher clock speeds with improved IPC, like what? Like what? A, <laughs> that was clumsy, wasn't it? <laughs> hey, you know, it worked. It worked. I got the idea. Tried, yeah, tried there, folks. that was a good one. Yeah, the Ryzen Ryzen three thousand performance leak supposedly right, which of course I didn't. I didn't. I didn't bookmark the actual leak, supposedly, <laughs> but I, earlier when I talked about audio listeners, I did air quotes because everybody's interpreting the leak of the Ryzen 3000 performance leaks based off of a site that's probably been machined, machine translated, because I swear to that's God, right, yeah. ain't no <laughs> yep. tech websites paid somebody to speak Mandarin and then translate it <laughs> to English. So we're all like, whatever Google told us, for all we know, it says in, Intel will have a, uh, or AMD will have a new ice cream flavor next month. Right. It'll be uh, Rocky Road, mm. but somehow it turns into, I, bet it, I, I think it's very plausible. And what it is, essentially, they're saying that uh, the Ryzen 3000s, or people playing motherboard vendors playing with it are saying the four core, eight core variants are uh, hitting 4.5 gigahertz right. with a 15% or 18%? 15. 15% IPC yep. uplift over previous, you know, Ryzen, uh, Zen Plus. Mm-hmm. And they're anticipating that's, 12 and 16 cores as well. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty solid. It is. It's <sighs> like, I guess that 7 nanometer stuff is real. 
you know? But the thing is, they're talking... Well, yeah, so how much of that is architectural and how much of that is process? Because IP, when they're talking about IPC and they're talking about... When we know that, pe- that some of their architectural people have left for Intel and they're still talking about IPC improvements, it makes me wonder a little bit if that's A, accurate, or B, where that's coming from. Yeah, and I think it's also people are not... Everybody seems to have different interpretations of IPC. I've done IPC, IPC testing. My interpretation is different than other sites testing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's probably different from AMD and Intel's, but I, I think definitely some of it is from, uh, you know, they take some of it in. I think there's a mix up. I, I have a hard time believing that they are really getting a solid pure 15% IPC mm-hmm. increase over mm-hmm. Zen Plus. Yeah. Right. It feels like, you know, 10, I can believe 15 seems like, well, damn, yeah, you know, like, know, that's my reaction. To that it. is a major improvement. Yep. I think it's probably other things that are getting mixed up between either getting other pickups. It's mm-hmm. not a pure IPC increase mm-hmm. like clock for clock. I think there's other things going on, too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's face it. 4.5 gigahertz plus, you know, decent IPC uplift. It's it's going to be a monster part. And. Everywhere from four to sixteen cores in desktop. Four. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And let's not even talk about it. But Plus this, these next parts are gonna make it into laptops. Previous Ryzen parts not quite ready for prime time, right? For laptops, this next gen part feels like it's it's there because you got seven nanometer power savings, all that stuff. Perfect for for laptops. I mean, let's hope. I mean, I would, I want to see some. I mean, we just haven't seen any AMD laptop reviews. I mean, there's just it's not, pretty rough. It is pretty rough. I mean. Yeah, I want as much competition in the laptop space as we have in the desktop space. And so, I I mean, from that standpoint, because we have to fit, we favor competition. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say that I'm rooting for AMD here. So no, of course. Yeah, you want to, you want you want, ultimately, it's about consumer choice. Yeah, absolutely. We so, want people to have choice. Yep. So, I, I just think just like, oh, it's just like, it's, it's AMD's year. I mean, the, the second half of this year and next year. It's going to be, AMD's going to be rocking, it feels like, right? Yeah, it does. I don't know what Brad feels like in the graphics space, but in the CPU space, it certainly does. No idea what to expect in the graphics space yet. <laughs> Wait for Navi. <laughs> right. Wait for Navi. Uh, there's a lot of people but in the I'm chat. Actually, I'm actually, before you do that, uh, uh, Adam, I'm actually, the most intriguing thing to me in this leak is uh, the fact that one AMD X570 motherboards will have up to 40 PCIe lanes, mm. um, and also that... Uh, motherboard manufacturers are struggling struggling to get uh, B550 motherboards to work with PCIe for, so oh. that new cutting edge uh, lanes might only be in the most yeah. expensive motherboards <laughs> you can buy. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it makes sense too because yeah. I mean it's not like you really need forty lanes for a you know four hundred dollars five hundred dollar desktop PC. Right? So if a B550 board doesn't arrive with proper PCIe four support, what does that mean exactly? It just means that it won't work? Would- well <clears throat> I, I think what'll happen is so the PCIe off of the CPU itself, because uh-huh. the PCIe controllers in the in the in the Ryzen part, that'll be PCIe Gen four. So you probably get sixteen to twenty. Sure. And then you 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 pipe some of that off for the Southbridge to the chipset and whatever's coming off of that. Maybe some of the it'll be mixed. Some of the slots will be Gen three. Some will be, and then definitely for graphics and whatever else gets repurposed by the motherboard mm. maker. Some probably would be Gen four. I would guess. That's my guess. Um, I, I I I have a hard time believing that you're going to get forty off the motherboard because I I think that's again we are we are relying on leaks, not event that are being machine translated by Google. <laughs> yep, this is not it's not a native language, but I'm going to guess because you get you're probably going to get 16 because it's a desktop part. You yep. get 16 out of uh, 
the CPU for the graphics card. You get another four for the M.2. That's kind of what's happened with X470 and all those other previous parts. That's, what, 20 lanes, Gen 4? I'm not sure where you're going to get these other mm. 20 lanes with Gen 4. It just doesn't... I mean, maybe... Does, some of yeah, it, it seems enthusiastic. It seems enthusiastic, <laughs> especially for a desktop class part. It's not the Ripper where you need, you know, 128 PCIe right. lanes. So it's just not... It doesn't make any sense to me. Why even push that anyway? So I suspect that's really just a, a misinterpretation. So, although, it, I mean, they've got a picture of it, but I'm not seeing. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Jet has a question for you, Gordon. Uh, why are you so interested in PCIe 4 when we barely saturate the 3.0 bus with graphics and storage? Mm, good question. If you've ever driven through L.A. at, say, 4.30 p.m., and you're sitting there, it's about 89, 95 degrees, and you're just, like, not moving. And you go, like, we don't need to think about 10 lanes. We should just, you know, we should wait until traffic turns into the gridlock of L.A. before we add lanes. The whole idea is to build lanes before you gridlock it. Yeah, we have not saturated. And people... Well, for one thing, don't get overhyped about PCIe 4. It's not going to change your world. It's not going to make your graphics card suddenly 100% faster, folks. <laughs> it's not going to make your SSD faster, but you have to build the lanes in before you get to the bottleneck. So you don't want to be like LA and wait till it's too late and then try mm-hmm. to build it then, and you can't. So that's why I'm excited for Good it. Good answer. Yeah. Boom. And I sort of got, just take that exact same answer, go back 10 years, and that's like PCIe 2 to 4, right? Because like, oh my god, I gotta have Gen 3. Really? I mean, I still run Sunny Bridge parts with Gen 2. <laughs> it's not hurting me. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of people in the chat earlier talking about the uh, IPC, uh, back to the IPC discussion, um, that uh, cache, the cache is one place they can improve. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of mm-hmm. places they can get it. I, I'm, I, I just, I'm not sure. And I think one of the, you know, again, machine translated by Google, they did say it was, uh, might be in scientific side or something. So, yeah, <laughs> branch prediction and so forth. I mean, it's it's hard to say what exactly is, you know. Mm. I mean, we're not computer scientists, for God's sake, and who knows? I mean, yeah. I, it's gonna no matter what. It, no, I'm not saying it's gonna be a lousy IPC increase. Fifteen percent seems really, really awesome. And mm-hmm. hell, if they did it, I'd celebrate it. But yeah, I'm just yeah. saying, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I do think it's a little optimistic. I think, you know, 10, 10 is really good. Uh, yeah, still 10 is really 15 good. 15 is yeah. just like, damn, yeah. you know? Yep. Do you think 10 is good enough to jump from a second gen? Or is these, these would be like first gen people jumping up? Uh, you know, it, it, it depends on what you do. I mean, if you play games primarily and you run Office in Chrome, no. Sure. You know, buy a big SSD, more RAM, better graphics card. If you actually use something where you need, 16 cores on your current Ryzen platform, yeah, why not, right? If if we really do see 16 core, you know, Ryzen drop-in replacements for current boards, yeah, why not? If you're really going to use it, yes. If you're not going to use it, no. If you just want to brag about it, yes. Because, <laughs> let's face it, like, yeah, hey, I got 16 cores. All right. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Any other... Ryzen's uh, coming out. Any other... Uh, controversial chatting of there. Anybody want to? 
Uh, no, Throw it in my face. Most people don't like Star Trek Five. I think that's pretty. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, uh, do we want to go to Q and A? Because we, we have some uh, stuff that has been built up the past couple weeks in Discord. I got a question. Is Star Trek Five worse than Star Trek Motion Picture? What was Star Trek Five again? Shatner one. Star Trek Shatner Five one. is worse. I will quote uh, you the classic worse. line: "What does God need with a starship?" <laughs> Yes, it was it was real bad. I guess I, I can't remember them. I'm bad. just saying I'm not sure which was worse. Uh, I know which is worse. It's definitely five. I don't. I don't think there's anybody who could defend five. Five. Yeah, bad. I agree. Uh, I would rather. I. I don't know. I'd probably rather watch five and watch Shatner shoot through the scenery than one than start motion picture again. <laughs> I was like, I've seen enough. I mean, you'd have to be on so much mind-altering substance to make that that cloud fly-through sequence seem cool, you know. I just, I'm I'm gonna have to go watch Babylon Five again just to get all this out of my brain. There you go. <laughs> uh, here we go. Let's uh, let's get to some questions. Uh, you can always get to your question in uh, in our Discord. The full nerd Discord links in the description. Um, the first one's from Matthias. M- Mateus, <laughs> Mr. Garvey. Uh, yeah, and, and the uh, whoops. No, wait. Oh, I will, never mind. <laughs> never mind. That no. was not a question. That was they More did not put a question in there. Yep. Oh uh, no, right. it's not safe for work. <laughs> all right, like, no, no, it just wasn't a question. Uh, Wizbro, this one's from Wizbro. Would a 1650 even be worth upgrading to for somebody who has a 1050 Ti, or would something like an RX 580 or 1660 be a better upgrade? I think we kind of already be, answered that. That'd be a far better upgrade. If you have the power connector and you, you know you can have the room in your PC, jumping to a RX, even a 570 would be preferable to a 1650. A 580 or 1660 would be a huge upgrade. It's like a side grade almost mm-hmm. from a 1050, to, 1050 Ti to a 1650. 50 part it's almost like a side grade it sounds like i mean you'll, you'll get a little bit better but i mean if you're going to spend 150 bucks i would mow a few more lawns and spend the 220 bucks <laughs> on uh uh 1660 because that'd be a huge upgrade for you you know i don't know what's up with this but it's not fun in 1952 we're like yay timmy you want to mow my lawn oh yeah thanks mr mr Ung. here's your dollar 50 timmy <laughs> <laughs> you go self buy yourself a Chevy with that. It's like you know. It's like I, wait, I, Timmy. I just you, you can charge me a hundred dollars to do my lawn. It's just, it is not cheap to have the kid mow your lawn anymore. Nope. That's I have two acres, so oh, oh. <laughs> that's why you have kids. So you have the ride around mower then. No, I pay somebody to do that. I tried it for the first year. I'm like, man, I ain't got five hours every week to do this. All the humid there too. Yeah. Uh, next one's from a uh, friend of the show, Rooker. Uh, is there going to be a 1650 Ti? Yeah, probably. Uh, if so, do you think it'll have any more VRAM than the 1650 or just higher clocks? What do you expect? I think it would have more CUDA cores, higher clocks, uh, and you'll need a power connector. I don't think it would have more VRAM. I think uh, the 6 gigs of VRAM is going to be reserved for the 1660 and 1660 Ti. Okay. Uh, and then Sharp Thunder, uh, what do you think of Intel still using 14 nanometer till 2020 roadmap leak and Windows 10 minimum re- storage requirements to 32 gigs? That's what Previously, <laughs> it was 16 gigs. That's true. We haven't talked about that. <clears throat> um, I mean, again, I think it probably boils down to price. I mean, uh, there's not really... <sighs> thermals and price are sort of which you know, the gating factors as far as the process technology is concerned. I mean... Um, 
we'd have to see what I mean. Pricing is obviously sort of tied to manufacturing, but it's somewhat can can be disconnected to. I mean, as you pointed out, I mean, Intel could decide whether they wanted. I mean, Intel can decide from a pricing standpoint whether they want to take a a loss. Well, not a loss, but reduce their margins on desktop or or notebooks. I think we're thinking right now that um, on desktop they'd be a little bit more willing to uh, adjust pricing, I guess, than on notebooks and some of the, the higher margin products. Um, I think from I think it's I think it's a little bit more um, of an embarrassment from them just because they've always been the proponent of Moore's law. They've been the proponent of, 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 you know, we own our own fabs. We can manufacture these things. So the fact that they can't actually make that transition is more of an embarrassment to them than an actual more of an embarrassment to them than actually having an effect on the consumer. Um, now, the second aspect of it, the sort of 32 gigs of memory to, to Windows 10, the, it, what he was referring to is that there has been a, uh, quietly, Microsoft has sort of upped the hardware requirements for Windows 10. So previously it was uh, 60, it was, because, because Windows 10 is sort of an ongoing service, uh, they don't actually necessarily say, okay, the next iteration is going to have, <clears throat> you know, Windows 11 is going to require something, you know, and requires such and such in terms of hardware so there's been a sort of a quiet leak where it's been sort of up the requirements for uh the minimum requirements for windows 10's may update have been upgraded um i don't necessarily know if that has any effect with intel's roadmap um you know i i I think that you know obviously obviously over time windows uh, requirements increase over time i think this is sort of just a natural progression of such um you know, just make sure that you have the minimum hardware requirements. I, I have a counter opinion. Sure, go ahead. I, I think it's BS. <laughs> what? <laughs> no way. I think it's because uh, Microsoft, uh, within the past few years, Microsoft and his partners have sold tablets and Chromebook competitors that only have 32 gigabytes true. of memory installed. So <laughs> I think that leaving those people out in the cold is pretty messed up. Especially because with this move to Windows 10 as a service, um, they've been real aggressive about cutting off support. If you're, you know, however X many major releases back, it's not the seven years that it used to be. It's like two years or whatever, like a two-year-old version of Windows 10. Like, uh, if you haven't upgraded within two years, you're going to get cut off from security support and all that stuff. And so I think the fact those two things combined, the fact that they were recently selling Chromebook competitors with only 32 gigabytes of memory and the fact that they will kick you off support very quickly these days, it's going to leave some people out in the cold. And I don't like it. It was the same issue with uh, Windows 8 had that issue. They would let people, you know, get Windows 8 PCs or install Windows 8 on their PCs. And then Windows 8.1 made it so not necessarily a lot of people, but some people who were perfectly fine with Windows 8. They got rejected from Windows 8.1 because they didn't meet some obscure CPU, you know, thing that was now required in Windows 8.1. And those people got, you know, left off and they didn't get security support. And I just I don't like that, you know, policy. I think, I think the counter argument to that is the fact that now we have again, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, the counter argument to that, I think, is the fact that uh, now with the May update, Microsoft is trying to reserve space within the operating system for its own updates. So, in other words, previously it's been sort of this shared memory space, or sorry, shared storage, storage. space, yeah. where uh, 
you know, your data sort of lives within the operating system and then enforce, you know, if it wants to go ahead and, and, and kick an update to you, it has to sort of carve out an additional, I don't know, gigabyte and a half for that. <clears throat> so what it's trying to do now is it's trying to say reserve, I think it's seven gigabytes, if I remember correctly. Um, and that's sort of the space that it's going to use for both itself as far as the upgrade, the updates are concerned. Um, you know, keep in mind too that some of these tablets do have some don't, but some of these tablets do have sort of SD cards, you know, room. Yep. And SD cards are so dirt cheap right now that adding capacity to a tablet or something of that sort makes a lot more sense than it did in the past. I mean, what I don't know what the prices are, but like, you know, super 30, cheap. Yeah, thirty or forty bucks gets you a ton. So from that standpoint, I agree with you. I think that it's a little bit. You know, there are some. There is a little bit of wiggle room there from a user standpoint. Uh, although I don't. I, I, don't, I mean. Uh, I agree. I think it makes sense. I can understand why they do it. I just disagree with the decision, um, especially because, like, the reason that those 32 gigabyte Chromebook and competitors came out, there's no doubt because of Microsoft, mm-hmm. because HP and Dell and everybody were selling Chromebooks with that configuration already. Sure. It was Microsoft who said, hey, man, we need to do some Chromebook killers. So... I don't know. I just don't like it. Well, Chromebooks <laughs> live on the web too. You don't need as much local yeah. storage. Microsoft, it's uh, you're a lot yeah, more different. dependent upon. It. You're a lot more dependent. Yeah, on that. I know. We're not really sure whether the uh, the increasing of 32 gigs uh, min 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 storage is going to cut you off either. Right? It's I I get the impression that it's more for upgrade in place. All right. I mean, I it's possible that you could do a clean install of Windows 10 May update to a 16 gig device and it'll work. Of course, most people who, who buy 16 gig stream books, those kind of devices, they're not going to even notice anyway. Yeah. So it's probably not. But I don't think it's necessarily them cutting them off. Like, yeah. No, we're not going to install right. But they? I mean, we've seen we've seen a lot of you know notebooks that we've gotten a lot that we've received in the lab. I mean, you know, there was a time where 32 and 64 gigs of SSD storage was sort of the, what we got, and now we're seeing a lot more 128s, 256s, and above. And so I think that. From that standpoint, the hardware capacity is is actually outpacing the requirements that Microsoft's putting on the storage. Yeah, and you know, I know people want to, and people like to bag on Microsoft. I do it myself, but they don't. They generally don't. They have this like we, they don't leave people behind. They're mm-hmm. not like some companies that just like throw people overboard just for the fun of it, just right. to see what happens. <laughs> you can still install Windows 10 on Pentium three, Pentium four. Yep. Right. Core two, not a problem. Some companies will take Xeon, you know, yeah. parts and just like you're out of here because we don't want to, we don't want to support you. We don't pay money. I mean, the bigger question is going to be what Apple. happens at the end of the year when Windows Seven runs out of support and people are sort of forced to move to Windows Ten if if they want to go ahead and listen to Microsoft on that score. I mean, that's that's the enterprise space is really dealing with that right now. And the consumer is going to have to deal with it. You know, some are going to have to deal with that as well. To some extent, you know, but you almost wonder if it's for their own good. You know, like I oh, love I Windows Seven; I think it's a wonderful operating system. I wish sometimes Windows Ten was Windows Seven, but it is something that is. It's like I think it's older than my daughter right now at this point. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not to get too political, but I think some of the, the reaction is the same as people that get upset that they're forced to pay for health insurance. No, you know, no, I mean, I, I, but I, I. I understand benefit, it because people but. don't want to have to do it. But at some point, you know, you got to roll, you got to, you got to do the upgrade. And, and yeah, for, I can see like, yeah, your fixed income, your, you don't have the money. That's fine. But if you're talking about like, you're a 10,000 seat license enterprise customer and you oh, don't right. want to move off windows seven because you're too lazy and too cheap to pay for it. Totally different. Yep. Like, you know, your workforce, you're degrading the capabilities of your workforce by forcing them to use technology from like. You know, I mean, Windows 7 came out in, 
I don't, I don't 2008? know. 2008? Yeah. 2008. Something like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's been a while. No, I yeah. mean, like, you would not you would not force your employees to use, like... Oh, yeah. The enterprise... I mean, enterprises are a completely different story than the consumers. Consumers have to make that decision individually. Enterprises have a lot more budget to go ahead and make these decisions. Yeah. I mean, so, so yes, for, those, for those customers, yeah. it's like, look, yeah. you're getting all the goodness of right. SSDs, all the amazing coolness of new laptops, convertibles, all that stuff. Just make the move, you cheap bastards. And you know what it is? Some IT, some CFO somewhere is like, oh, I don't want to pay yep. for that. We have the best You're hurting. They're, they're hurting their, their workforce at that point. Yep. The it. CEO should, in the C-suite, they should have a conversation. Look, these people are like, hey, how come uh, I talked to Billy in accounting? He's got, a, he's got this machine from 2008, Windows 7. How come he doesn't have the same brand new Ultrabook I do with the Whiskey Lake CPU and 10 hours or 12 hours of battery runtime? Pretty sure our, our IT department doesn't allow us to have a great <laughs> <laughs> I, I yes. still have my corporate, my exactly corporate notebook, like which is still on Windows 8, which is <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yep. Sorry, that really took us off. No, that was fun. Uh, in the meantime, we, we did have a couple more questions come in. Uh, one from YouTube, Jeffrey Andrus. Uh, will Intel ever catch up with TSMC and Samsung's fabs? Ooh, that was a good question. I don't know. I don't either. I mean, I, I you know what? <clears throat> Five years ago, I would say, yeah, Intel is the world-class leader of fabs. Mm-hmm. They, are the, mm-hmm. they are like the masters of fabrication. I I who who could say that for certain anymore? I don't who, know. Who can say it? I mean, at this point, they have to go. For, they they're in the hole. They got to prove they're in charge again. Yeah, it used to be TMC. Uh, sorry, TSMC, UMC, and Chartered, and then the latter two. I've sort of I haven't heard much from them in ages, honestly. But TSMC is world class. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, and I I think the thing is because you know I I went to the the briefer they had, or listening. Hey, our fourteen nanometer is as good, right? As you know, Samsung and so and so's ten nanometer. Mm-hmm. We're, we're yeah. our fourteen nanometers, damn near as good as their ten. Global Foundries too also right? sold off a of fab. I think didn't they? They backed off. They yeah, backed off and said they're not doing cutting they don't edge play stuff anymore. anymore. Right. Yeah. I but at they, this, go ahead. I to me, um, I wouldn't bet against Intel. I mean, I agree with you guys. Who knows? You never know the future. But I mean, right now we're seeing other foundries finally catch up to and surpass intel right. like intel has been chipzilla for a reason yep. so i'm not gonna bet against that yeah the funny thing too is like these things always seem to happen to intel it's not just that they suddenly have a resurgent amd they have a resurgent and tsmc has mm-hmm. caught them it's also that they are they're faltering well right at the same time it's not even that like hey we got a horse race now it's like you got a horse race that's got a sprained ankle or something. So. Intel also fights on several fronts. I mean, again, we've talked about like Qualcomm coming through, coming out and saying, all right, we have this ultra low power chip and we can allow you to have bad days of battery life. Intel simply says, OK, we're going to go ahead and, and, and develop one watt panels and give you that same battery life, but just not necessarily affect our, our own chips. I mean, you've got like Lakefield, you've got the chip stacking aspect of it. I mean, Intel can Intel can. I mean, Intel can go ahead and and compete in manufacturing too, but they can also compete in terms of other aspects of the design too. Yeah, yeah, and, that's a good you know, point. And when they're so, there is a lot of magic to what Intel does. People don't know that. They don't honestly give them credit for it. I mean, most of the laptop advances have been pioneered by Intel. Oh yeah, absolutely. A lot of that's most right. fact, most of the, a lot of the desktop mm-hmm. parts and technologies have been pioneered by Intel. Sure. And then you know they just simply hey let's stop yeah. here and rest. That's for like the role. They're they're their engineering is designed to drive the PC market ahead of as a whole, and they've been able to do that. Do you think? Place. I mean, I, I'm going to ask you, Mark. Do you think it was a mistake though? Because Qualcomm, what was a mistake? Like the whole 
Adamus adventure. The whole we can't we can't let Qualcomm rule modems. We can't we can't let Qualcomm take over these. And just like well, that's a completely completely separate topic. But yes, I mean they they have they have tried and failed and failed again in terms of communications. Um, they've you know dating back you know as you know you know you know as well yeah. as I do, strong arm and so forth. I mean they just can't for some reason make that particular space work. They have simply qual. I mean it's difficult to design a five G modem. I mean Qualcomm's made that point explicitly both in the market and in court. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that Intel at some point in time is just going to have to accept that it's just not there and come up with some sort of alternative solution, well, especially in the sort of the mobile space. Well, I, I guess my thought is like, well, who, who, I, why care? You play to your strength. Intel strength is like kick-ass performance for years and years and years I and years. I think Swan right? is, based upon their earnings call, I think Swan is heading in that direction. Because he basically said, hey, look, you know, we, we got rid of Wind River, we got rid of some other things, we want to focus on the things we do best. Um, so, you know, we're, I don't think we're going to see as many keynotes with drones flying overhead at CES yeah. that we used to. So I think that's, from that standpoint, that's a smart decision. So maybe I mean, we'll see that. It's funny because AMD just went through this. Remember right. AMD Absolutely. was like, you know what? Go yeah. ahead and play off in your x86 world. We're doing ARM parts. ARM is the future. Exactly. You're going to see ARM servers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yep. basically they said, yeah, you know, that thing go, we're going to get back into performance desktops. Yep. Performance. Lisa and still look where we are. company and they've done really well as a result. So. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep. Okay. Uh, last question, and then we can wrap it up. Uh, Zorglub on <laughs> Discord is asking, uh, uh, is an i7-8700K still a high-end CPU? I don't know if my gamer son has to go AMD. No, keep that in your system and be happy oh. with that. <laughs> You're say, no, it's not, Brad. That's what I have in our GPU testing system to test, you know, 2080 Ti's and whatnot. Like, be you're happy with that that is an awesome like, it's like what? i don't have it so. your kid's machine has a like nicer cpu than like most of us do yeah i know that's it's a great part i wouldn't we're not to the point where you need eight cores for for gaming i'm, I'm sorry it's just not not true in my opinion mm-hmm. no Awesome. Cool. Then uh, let's wrap it up then. All right. Check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google play or stitcher. Also, we have a discord channel. See notes somewhere. Tell you where to find it. Send questions and comments to the full nerd at PCworld.com. And if you're at iTunes, because it makes Apple happy, please also relieve reviews <laughs> on iTunes. Every time you do, I don't know. Something good happens no, somewhere. Windows like has that. a minimum storage requirement of one more gig. Yeah, one more gig of Windows. Uh, <laughs> thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Adios. Mark Hockman. Thanks. Adam Patrick Murray's going to hit the off switch. And wait, if you hang out, you'll see the Game of Thrones mode right after the credits. <laughs> it's really cool. Special dark mode. Uh, yeah, maybe later. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. See, watch. Here comes Game of Thrones mode right now.